the ground is moist. The air is a lot warmer than in High Reach. Um, mosses and vines hang from the, the tall trees, and the trees around here have very, very long spanning branches that crisscross above your head. The forest is not particularly dense, and there's not a ton of underbrush, just these very, very wide trees with branches like architecture above your heads. And as you move through them, Caleb spots out of the corner of his eye a, a dim glow moving parallel with you. Hmm. It's a bit unusual, not something I am used to seeing every day. Let me inspect a little further. Uh, you want to give me a lore check? Yeah, Caleb's pretty good at lore. It's my difficulty. Average. One success, one threat. Yeah, it appears to be a ghost. As this area is swampy, it is probably, probably a wraith. That probably uh, is your threat. Um, don't uh, look now, Hynir, but we have, uh, we've got some company here. I don't know if your uh, Vargir eyes can detect that faint glow traveling alongside us. Yeah, I see it. Ghost, probably a wraith or a shade or something. What time of day is it? Late afternoon. If I'm correct, that could become more of a threat as the sun gets lower in the sky. And uh, as the two of you move along, Pioneer says... Uh, the the smell of the that smoke and that weird sweet smell they're a lot closer the dead thing is a little further off what do you want to investigate okay you're telling me that the the smoke and the sweet smell is closer than the smell of the dead yeah okay um i'm not going to worry about the dead for the time being if they're far off it could take them a little while to get here that log could be off those tracks and I don't know easily the next hour the sun could get low by then that ghost is going to be a problem let's investigate that smoke and that that sweet smell I have to assume that if if that was done intentionally it's probably from someone closer than further away as you approach the smell you see a small house sort of uh a little bit run down, not the not the nicest place, and there is uh, smoke billowing from its chimney. This is the place. I see the smoke. That that makes sense. There are herbs hanging from a line out out of the front of the house, and it looks like a patch of plants that are tended by whoever lives here. And out front, there is also a cat wandering around. You like cats, Hynir? Uh, mm, never met one before. Hmm. They're pleasant creatures for the most part. They we cohabitate with them occasionally. They're they're fine. Pay no mind. What do we do here? Well, we investigate. And uh, being a a person of civil means, I'd say knock on the door and ask who's home the house looks a little bit out of place here um, it looks more like a place that you would find in a town there is even a wooden sign hanging over the door with a 
broom and a beer stein. Calum is going to approach the front door in an unthreatening way. Yeah, you walk by some windows and you see somebody in there working over a, a cauldron, stirring over the fire that is making all the smoke that's coming out of the chimney. Calum's going to go up and rap on the door. You hear a voice from inside say, Huh, a visitor. Uh, come in. Huh. Okay. Uh, and Calum opens the door and takes a look around before stepping in. It's slightly run down, but it's clean. One wall is all barrels. It's like barrels stacked on top of barrels. There are some large vats. Most of them are covered except the one that was being stirred. It smells alcoholy. Mm-hmm. The person who told you to come in is a Durin. They have sort of um, bark-like skin with grassy, leafy hair and Mm -hmm. um, a pair of small branch-like antlers coming out of the top of their head. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's wearing a tall hat. She doesn't stop stirring the vat when you come in. And she says, oh, you're early. Um, I'm early. Have a seat. Yeah. I'm not sure if you know who I am. I wasn't expecting you for another three or four days. Hmm. I think there might be some miscommunication happening. I I was not expecting to happen upon this place, but have some questions perhaps for you. You've said you'd say that. Um, okay, I'm going to move on from that. I, uh, I'm a passenger on a train traveling by. Um, the cat comes you... up and rubs itself on your legs. Hello there. Uh, small feline. Um, you uh, wouldn't happen to know anything about the felled tree on the tracks nearby. No. Hmm. Nope. I would not. Okay, well, that's a bit disconcerting for me and my companion here. We're on our way to Hearth. I'm hoping to get a transport from hearth to the iron tower not that you need to know that i guess uh but um have a seat and why would i uh i mean i'm happy to have a seat but i'm in a little bit of a rush could no, you you're not i i no, do need worry. to get back don't on worry that. about it have have a seat That's... it'll be fine it'll be fine and she puts down the big ladle and uh pulls out a stool for you at a low table you know, I was I was really comfortable on that train. That, that was going to be I had plans to get some research done. I'm I don't mean to be impatient. I just don't really know why. I, you know, I, I was just checking in. Um, no, this is you know, this fellowship is more important. Affairs. Could you it gives you a certain look when you say fellowship affairs? What are you what are you expecting me for and expecting from me here in your lovely uh, abode? First, I was expecting you to sit down and then I'm expecting you to drink this. And she walks over to that wall of barrels and turns a spigot on one and fills up a cup. Here, you like it. Perhaps I should introduce myself and likewise before I indulge myself in whatever this is. 
I am Caleb Clara, scholar of the Fellowship of the Seven Rivers. On my way back, actually, to the uh, Iron Tower, I have pertinent information, research, etc., that needs cataloging and archiving. And um, she nods along as if she knows all of this stuff. And he's uh, nodding. And who? Who might I have the pleasure of uh, sharing company with? My name's Madigrill, and I see you're still with Heinier. Heinier peeks his head in and doesn't fit through the door. Hmm. And Caleb looks to Heinier and gives like a, huh? <laughs> and Heinier shrugs back. Okay, well, let's start by I'll take a seat. I am in a rush. I probably have... 10 minutes max and then i must be off i have to have to get back to the that is true i agree with you now um that second part wasn't though that i agree with you no the part that you didn't finish saying that you need to get back to the train yeah i i gotta get back no i mean not just to get home but i i'm concerned about the those passengers You've got more time than you think you've got. Okay. Well, you sound like you think you know things. Do you know? I know some things. You don't know anything about. You don't know anything about that felled tree. I don't know about that felled tree. That's different. I was not told about the tree, but you know, doesn't mean it didn't happen. Hmm. Uh, Now, Kale and Clara, you are here for a reason. And I guess that felled tree is because somebody knew you needed to be here. Mm-hmm. I follow you. There's a ghost in the forest. Yeah, I saw that. You need to go talk to it. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Um, and I uh, will say I have studied aspects of the dead and of their day-to-day and evening-to-evening activity. I don't think I've ever uh, chatted with one of that nature before. Yeah, it doesn't happen often, but this one's different. This one knows some things that you should probably know. That you will know. You are gonna go talk to this ghost. Hmm. Okay, well, you've piqued my curiosity. And what else pray tell am I going to do with such certainty well nothing's for certain I didn't know about the tree maybe you just weren't privy to that information it's true it's possible so maybe it was for certain maybe Hmm. you are going to visit me two summers ago you say you're going to visit me around the third week of Red Elk that's next week hmm and how do you know that I'm going to do that? Uh, you, you say I'm going to tell you that two summers you, ago? You did. You told me that two summers ago. Have you told me that well, yet? N- not to my recollection. Then it's though... something you're going to do. Hmm. The ghost just appeared two months ago. You told me about the ghost two years in advance. Is that how I convinced you that I knew what was going to happen? No, you told me you really liked that drink that was in front of you. Nobody likes that drink. All right. Well, he picks up the cup, looks over to Heinier for any kind of affirmation that 
taking a sip is a good idea. Einer looks lost. But if you passed the mug to him, he'd sniff it. He was trying to be polite and not do that. <laughs> but I think I think to some degree he is open to, you know, having this conversation, but some of his fellowship training kicks into play with the way that he's approaching this investigation. Mm-hmm. And he, he does walk over to Einir and says, does it smell safe? Einir sniffs it. it. Smells musty, but I don't think there's anything weird in it. And Caleb, Caleb looks over to his host and smells it. Smells the Matagirl smiles and takes a sip of it. It reminds him of the caves under High Reach. It's got sort of that cavey, weird wetness to it. Sort of a damp, almost slightly mildewy taste and smell. She says, we make, I make it with the carowin beetles. They're kind of hard to get around here. You know carowin beetles are a high-reach delicacy that only Hylia can stand. Yeah, and I think that despite its mustiness and its sort of deep flavor, I think earthy. it's maybe a little earthy with a little bit of uh, bitterness. Mm-hmm. It appeals to Caleb's uh, flavor palette, and he likes it. Mm-hmm. I told you. <sighs> Not bad. It's a really unique flavor you've got there. Hmm. So you knew I would come here. You knew I would like this. And you know that I need to go talk to a ghost. That's right. What else do you know? She walks up to Heinier and looks him over for a second and reaches behind his ear and scratches and his leg starts shaking. Hmm. Haven't seen him do that before. Heiner goes, ah, yeah, that's the spot. Okay, so you also know his favorite scratching spot. I think uh, Caleb will take out his book, his journal, and take just a few notes, mm-hmm. um, which takes all of like a minute. You flip to the blank back pages of the other place journal from Bellman, make some notes, and closes closes the book. Give me a vigilance check. Two purples. Okay. Nothing. Never mind. Got a threat. Zero successes, one threat. Mm-hmm. I, I already know that threat. Okay. What's next? Well, we really should be going then. Uh, we've we've got a ghost to talk to. Um, if there's something else that you need to communicate to us. Nope, that's it. Just head around the back. Start at the shed. Take 400 steps due east and then 12 steps north. All right, will do. And um, yeah, let me get let me get another cup of this for the for the road. You hand her one of your travel, not your water skin, but I assume you've got another canteen yeah, got a, or some, something, a little flask. Yeah, he's actually just got a small copper cup. It's really small. Something he might use to make tea around a campfire. Okay. And she says, don't worry about it. You already paid for it. I know you don't have that much right now. 
Oh, wait, wait, wait. And she thinks uh, for a second, where did I put that? She runs over to the other side of the uh, other side of the cabin where there's uh, some more kitchen type cupboards and she pats on top of one of them and goes, ah, yeah. She grabs it, pulls it down and tosses it to you. You said you'd need this. And what is what is this exactly? As you catch it, it jingles a little bit and you open it up and there's a couple hundred silver in it. Wow. Hmm. This is a strange gift to receive from a stranger. Um, it's from you. Okay. And can I leave you anything for your uh, troubles? No, I'm sure you'll be back. I'm sure that I will be back to this this small cabin in a swamp in the middle of the highlands. Probably. I see a lot of weird things around here, but you, sir, are the weirdest. Hmm. I'll take that as a compliment. Thank you. And and with that, Hynir, uh, we'll be on our way until we uh, meet again. Hynir shakes his head and heads out from the front door that he was sitting in. She follows you to the door and closes it behind you. You hear her start stirring in that pot again. Well, I hear that was a bit strange. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Well, you and me both, buddy. Uh, we're going to head around back. Let's check out this um, shed in the back, and then we'll head east a little bit, and then we're going to head north, I guess. Might as well investigate what we were told we were going to do again could be a trap so be yeah, on your guard the thing's definitely dead i mean the ghost dead. yeah dead things aren't good yeah the, i would agree with you that the ghost is dead mm-hmm. it could could be something. what i'm saying is dead things tend to attack living things not so wrong. not great mm-hmm. well say all this as you head back around to the the shed yeah can we like peek into the shed at all can we get any any do we get a vibe off of it yeah the shed is more run down than the house and there are gaps in the the walls and peeking in you see lots of rusty tools and sharp implements and it's a little bit of a stink next to it is a big pile of rot rotten vegetable matter probably byproducts of the brewing process yeah yeah it's a little compost deep sort of it's uh, it's pretty gross and heiner says that's the sweet smell pretty bad Hmm. yes what a what a wonderful smell you've discovered heiner perhaps we should take our leave of this smell thank you so we're gonna head east a little bit 400 paces yeah 400 paces and then we're gonna head north you head through the the muck of the swamp Mm -hmm. at times it is up to your shins and it's getting all in Heiner's fur and he's getting a little bit agitated about it 400 paces takes you through very shallow it's large enough to be a lake and you get to the other side and then you turn and walk 20 paces further and when you hit 20 you appear to be in sort of a clearing with fewer trees 
and a view to the sky. In the center of this clearing, you spot a pool of water. And in the center of it, there's something. Okay. He's going to approach the pool of water. I think Hynir is kind of sniffing around on the ground, taking moments to glance up and look around. Mm-hmm. He says, yeah, that's it. Uh, in the center of the pool, it's not a big pool. There's something white, bloated, spongy looking. Okay. Gilm's going to investigate a little closer. Is this the source of the smell of the dead? Yeah, it looks like at one point in time it was a sea kith, but a few months face down in this pool, it is there's not much left. It looks like some animals probably got to it early on, and natural decay in the swamp has taken hold. Okay. He's going to investigate a little bit further, though it might be a little gross. He's been present and done a few uh, autopsies, I think. Try it on Bellman. Yeah. You know, trying is the first step in succeeding, as he always says. So he's going to get a little closer. And this face down sea kit, he's going to look at them you know, before flipping them over and I think maybe perception check on this corpse that he's looking at from the back and then flip them over and look at their front. Okay. Roll perception with a setback for the state of decay and it'll be two purples. Hmm. Hmm. One failure and three advantages. So what don't I see and what do I see? What are you looking for? Um, I think he was looking to understand perhaps if he recognized this person or if he recognized specifically the cause of death, but maybe three advantages are things he notices that don't answer those questions. Yeah, I think they're beyond the point of recognition. You can tell that they were older. You can see that their clothes, their clothing bears no affiliation. They were not part of the fellowship. They weren't a guard or a soldier or anything like that. Do you have an idea for your third one? I want to know what stuff they have on them. I'm not going to like loot loot their stuff, but just noticing it might lead him to know more about them. Sure, there's a deteriorated canvas bag that looks like it was gone through by animals or something like that off to the side. Looking inside, you would spot more rotting vegetable matter, some sticks, a couple rocks, the remains of what looked like they may have been fruit. Mm. Uh, this is a mess, Hynir. There's really not much to see here. I would prefer not to dig any deeper into this poor soul. I think Calum pulls them from the water and rests what remains of them on the on like a grassy shore to this little pool as you do that you spot that glow out of the corner of your eye there it is Heiner's ears perk up and Caleb turns to face this glow and mm-hmm. he's gonna try and see if he can get a better view of what he's looking at 
or if it is just a just a faint glow. I'm going to say I think that the sun might be getting a little bit lower and that might impact how visible this thing is to him. As Caleb turns to look at the glow, does he turn his whole body? Um, yeah, I think so. So he turns his body to the west and it looks like the glow, the spirit that is there is sort of following its movement, his movements, almost like a, a shadow of him off in the woods. Huh? That's strange. So he notices this. Yeah. Give me an easy lore check. Very good at lore. He's not very good, but it's one of his better things. Two successes. Caleb recognizes that the spirit is uh, mimicking his movements and ties that to a type of spirit that he knows of called a broken specter that they tend to follow and replace somebody's shadow. And then if the person comes into contact with the shadow, then they in fact come into contact with the ghost, which is what the ghost wants. But they are normally dark and they normally only show up as shadows in fog. And this is clearly bright, so slightly different than your typical Broken Spectre. I think he's not going to consult Hynir in this because he is not making judgment on Hynir, but assumes that he probably knows more about spirits, ghosts, wraiths, shades. And seeing that this is a, a Broken Spectre that he's supposed to communicate with, his motivation is curiosity and knowledge and also ambition. I think he assumes that if he makes contact with this, with this broken specter that would usually be a trap, maybe it's, and maybe it is a trap. I mean, he's not sure he trusts the person that he met a few minutes ago, but they told him he was supposed to speak with this thing they sort of earned his trust. He's still, I would say he's still probably sort of. a little skeptical and thinks that this all could be a, a trap, a, a ruse. He's going to step closer to it. As he takes a step closer, it takes a step closer. He, in, in a situation like this, he might usually take out his, his steel short sword to, you know, pry and prod scientifically, but he knows that that could actually hurt this thing mm -hmm. so i think he reaches out a hand to like gesture towards it and it reflects that he's got a there's nothing else for him to do but he's gonna try and communicate with it yeah so the the ghost is at a, maybe 15 paces away now and what does calum say to communicate um hello greetings um i don't know if you can hear me or communicate back to me, but I was told that I was supposed to have a chat with you today. Um, and uh, maybe I'm just talking to myself, but if you had something to say, uh, my, my ears are open. You hear the echoing words for afternoon. Please have a seat. Um, grafternoon to you as well. And should I just sit on the grass or is there a rock? About five steps ahead for you, there's a small log. 
Um, Caleb walks over and takes a seat, keeping his eyes on this light. It also takes five steps forward and takes a seat. So it's very close to you now, maybe six or seven feet away. And says, thank you for coming. Nobody's visited me in a long time. Well, I would say I haven't visited many spirits in my time, um, but happy to chat with what can we talk about as you mentioned spirits it sort of looks down and goes oh huh well all right then i did mean to reveal some knowledge that might upset you i apologize just uh just what i'm noticing it was bound to happen eventually so can you tell me tell me more about yourself what what happened to you and why are you here? My name's Hanoa. I guess I just got old. I've lived in these swamps for decades. Man of science. Ah, a fellow man of science. Happy to hear it. What type of science do you study? Ah, let's see. I study alchemy, sociology, anthropology, uh, oh, all, all of the ologies, really. I mostly specialize in artifacts, so like I said, archaeology, the understanding of them and the understanding of the uh, history behind them. And uh, what what are you a scholar of in particular? Well, al alchemy is almost there, I suppose. I'm a scholar of magic. Ah, well, I'm also a scholar of the arcane divine arts. They are well established in the scientific community. They can do things that boggled the minds of uh, earlier eras of our of our of our culture at at large. What in particular interests you in the uh, divine arcane arts? As you say all of that, um, looking at this this glow, it's almost he's almost a a halo, and there's a little bit of um, luminescence at the edges. You can't really make out a face or any features, but when you start talking about uh, being a scholar of the divine and arcana, he just kind of shakes his head. It's all just tricks, you know. Well, isn't everything a trick? Isn't math just a trick for finding uh, the sum of numbers or the root of a problem? I mean, what is what is true science to you? That sort of magic just isn't natural, though. Well, you you raise my next question, and that's what is what is natural. Are you perhaps a, a scholar of history? Indeed, I pride myself on my knowledge of the historic. And how far back does that knowledge go? I've studied back at least ten plus decades. I in you know vaguely but thoroughly and. I mean, I know of the past eras back to back to year zero and uh, and beyond that and and beyond and my knowledge beyond has its holes. But but it takes uh, it, it takes knowing everything to know what I know now. And I suppose I should know a bit more these days. But what do you know of the dead? I know that the dead first appeared uh, over 600 years ago. I know how our culture and society has evolved around preventing them 
and how uh, the magical arts have become more prevalent since. Uh, now that's true. Did you know that before the first necromancer, magic wasn't easy? Still isn't for some, myself included, but sure, I have, uh, it's, it's been years since I studied the history back in my schooling days, um, but I do recall that that is a integral part of our history as a, as a culture and a society. So you know the arcane arts and the divine arts. That and some alchemy, some ability to forge and craft through my uh, magical talents. And like I said, the alchemy is a little closer to true magic. The divine and arcane, they're just cheating. You need to tune into the earth. True magic. Magic without consequence. Besides giving and taking. This this is becoming a, a philosophical conversation now. Perhaps. To, to alter matter through the use of alchemy and to change you know say air into fire for our, for an arcane ability what's really the difference at heart what makes one more magical than the other for alchemy alchemy is simple you are taking your own energy and you are transferring that to the object you are changing or the potion you are making the arcane and divine arts you're taking energy that is not yours releasing it into the world so it's it's a matter of cost that is what bothers you i've never quite figured out what the cost is but i can feel that there is one and what else have you learned through your scholarly pursuits well i spent years out here in the swamps learning about the plants and animals that live here and the things they do day to day and I've seen them. I've seen them do their own magic. And they take from themselves and they take from the earth. They don't take from some mystery space like you see the shape of his head look down at your medallion like the Fellowship does, or you folks in Guildland. Do you think that there's some consequence to where they take their power from? Like I said, when the dead weren't around, magic wasn't around. At least that type of magic. So you believe that there's a correlation between the influx in the dead and the use of magic? That I do. Well, as a man of science, I all I would expect is some data, some perhaps experiments that backed up your hypothesis. Unfortunately... I've been living in these woods for the past couple of decades. Haven't been able to do any experiments, but I observed. I wouldn't judge you for that. You've obviously spent a lot of time considering, and uh, I appreciate your, your input. So I was told to come here and talk with you. Any idea why I would have been told that and pushed in that direction? No, but thank you for talking. I don't know if it's impolite of me to ask, but... Is uh, that you over there? And he gestures to the sea kid. You see the shape of his head crane. Yeah, that looks like me. Is there anything I can do for you at this uh, time? As far as your physical or corporeal 
um, consciousness. No, but if you would want to want to talk anymore, I'd be happy to come up with some theories, help you do some experiments, since you're so keen to do that. Um, sure, I'm happy to happy to ask some questions and hear your thoughts. And Caleb takes his journal out. You flip to those last couple pages where you were making notes before and they are not there. The notes I made earlier... The pages are not there. There the are no blank pages in this notebook. Hmm. Yeah, well, that's, <clears throat> that's a little weird. Huh. Have you ever seen a, this book before? Have you ever seen... Have you ever seen me before? Can't say I have. I'm pretty good with a face. And out here, books don't last long. So if I saw it, it was years ago. I probably wouldn't remember. Okay. Have you ever heard or been to an other place? A place different than this physical reality that you float around in? I can't say I'm familiar with that term. I've only ever been to the Highland Lakes, really. I was born in Ulik, moved north when I got old enough to move north. Hmm. Okay. Have you ever experienced any alterations in the typical flow of time at all? The shape of his head sort of looks up at the canopies of the trees. The sky's getting a little bit darker, and his glow is getting a little bit brighter. Well, I found a crack once. It was, it was a cave out near the out near the mountains. I went in and touched it. I woke up a couple days later. I could only tell because I was watching the pollination of the oaks pretty carefully at that point, and I could see the time had passed. Hmm. Okay. So tell me more about this crack in this place. What did it look like? What what was around it? What do you think caused it? It was like a lightning bolt sort of shape, and it went from the center of a wall over to the edge, and I just, you know, just sort of traced along it. I had been scouting the area for a new place to live after we had some flooding down south, and I was just admiring the veins of marble on the wall and traced that crack with my finger, and when I got to the end, well, that's all I remember. Hmm. Interesting. I've seen something similar once, and in my experience, it was... Uh gateway into what I believe to be some kind of alternate reality existing perhaps within our own, but separately from our own, some place where the rules and laws of our reality are altered. I, uh, I found something in that cave and you see him, his glowing hand sort of pat down his front and then he shrugs. Hmm, perhaps it's still there. Could you could you tell me where it is? Well, it was right in my pocket. Oh. I don't have pockets anymore. Is it still in your pocket? And he looks over at the body. And Heinier grimaces and sticks a nose in the pocket to see if there's anything in there. Comes out with a little thing in his mouth that he pads over to you and drops it in your hand. It's a little statue probably four inches tall, rounded with age and weather, with a triangle in its center, with a sort of vertical lightning bolt-shaped line down the middle. 
what um any idea what this is what this might be or represent now they tell stories and looking it over you see the lines of what used to be maybe hair all over the body and it looks like it maybe it had horns on its head or something like that they used to tell stories of the people before people the wilders this sure looks like one of one of those stories to me does Caleb know what wilders are doubtful can i do a check do a daunting lore check okay he's use one of your light side points to even do the check and holding on to, even holding on to those for too long <laughs> wow yeah you asked for one it. success yep the stories of the wilders are the stories of the people before people they say they came from the north and were just kind of odd that they populated Fenrain before anybody else hairy creatures with horns and shaggy fur that populated the frozen north hmm as far as you are aware, they are the thing of myth. I have read at least one tome about the Wilders. I thought most of it to be folklore, but you're saying that these Wilders are, are real and finding this in that cave that they might have some kind of connection to, I don't know, this crack, this entranceway into this other place. Is that that's what I'm gleaning from what you're saying? I just said it looked like one of them. Hmm. Oh, well, perhaps I'm jumping to conclusions, but I think with his success looking at this, it mm -hmm. vaguely resembles something he thinks he's seen before. Maybe he's it does memory is vaguely resemble something that he's seen before. Maybe just it's, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it looks like something from Bellman's study. Oh. Does he remember if that you he recall, saw there was a small statue that he he would. This is what started it all. It's that he got a, a note or a letter from Bellman with a drawing of a very similar statue, except it had a circle with the lightning bolt. And this one has a triangle and a lightning bolt. This one has a triangle from the one from Bellman's drawing. You couldn't see it didn't have like the hatching for for hair like this one does or any mm -hmm. horns or anything like that. It looked more maybe more bear like if anything. Hmm. I think as a scholar of archaeology, he might even I should he should have gotten a boost practically, but he might deduce that maybe from a different maybe Bellman's was from a different group of wilders if that's where it comes from if the wilders exist right perhaps hmm. um <clears throat> do you mind if i hold on to this i don't have any use for it anymore all right thank you go ahead is there any other knowledge that might be helpful that you know that i could use you know what i am interested in i'm interested in the cave i'm interested in this this little totem i can try to show you where the cave is if you could reaches that. out a hand mm, best we not uh the book oh i thought you were gonna take my hand and pull me there and also hurt no me. i i know what that would do bellman's journal that book you've been writing in um yeah can you hold it he just puts his hand out we'll see okay he's gonna hand him the book and it falls right through his hand and opens up to a blank page. He 
puts his hand over it and the earth around the book shifts a little bit and some mud sort of moves up the side, the spine of the book and onto the page and starts tracing out a, a map of the, the swamp. Wow. Um, that's some impressive magics. Didn't know ghosts could do magic. guess if you try hard enough. Hmm. Curious. Like I said, the arcane arts, the divine arts, that's the easy way. Attune yourself to the earth. If I could have any parting wisdom from this life, that's it. Well, thank you for sharing your knowledge with me and the totem in the book. I guess Hynir and I will be on our way. We'll, we're going to check that cave out. Very well. Thanks for talking with me. Perhaps we'll chat again. Thanks for talking with me. You're welcome. And Caleb's going to pick up the book. You pick up the book. And I think he's going to back away kind of watching this ghost as he does so. It sort of, it starts, as you stand up, the ghost starts fading. And you hear it say, thanks for talking to me. And it gets dimmer and dimmer. And you hear one last echo. Thanks for talking to me. And it just goes out. So I think Caleb wants to, he asked this ghost what he could do for them and they didn't really give him a clear answer but he can see that whatever this existence is is kind of a infinite loop of not much you know they do continue to exist and to learn and to understand but i think that that farewell uh salutation kind of made Caleb feel like he can do more. He can help this person that has been in this situation for who knows how long. So is there a way that he can, that Caleb can put them at peace through the divine arts? Yes. But is that what they would have wanted? They didn't seem apt to agree with the use of the divine or arcane arts he can use you know alchemy but that's not something that might solve the problem so what check can he do to help this lost soul travel into some kind of place of peace so the way that you've always done it, the way that everybody in Guildland knows how to do it, is to cast a small cleansing fire, which would then consume the, the body so that it could not be brought back and send the spirit mm -hmm. all the way down the river. Mm -hmm. The tradition is to do that and then plant a seed in the spot where the body was burned. Mm-hmm. So that's the traditional way. Mm -hmm. How does Kalen want to do it? If he uses Arcana or Divine, you don't have to roll anything. I mean, it sounds like I should use Primal, which he doesn't know how to do. You don't do. have Primal. So what would Kalen do? How would Kalen get in tune with the Earth, which is what that is? Mm -hmm. hmm. I almost feel like you should give, if I can do this correctly, you should give me another... <laughs> magic skill but maybe i don't want that because it's another thing i have to level up 
I want to use alchemy to do what I want to do. Okay. He did say that that was close. Caleb wants to use alchemy to change the surrounding area and the body. Okay. He wants to use alchemy to change the body into the earth. Okay. To turn the body into basically soil that would better receive like um, seeds and sprout growth and life. Okay. He is, he's not a necromancer. He's really not a saint. He's, he's a scholar. He's a somewhat of a warrior, somewhat of a, a wizard or a mag- magician. He's a traveler. He's a traveler. He's a traveling scholar. How's he going to do this magically? It's going to be something that he's never done before. So uh-huh. probably a setback for that. I think there's a setback for that. It is, I'd say, on a a smaller, uh, on something that wasn't the size of a person, it would be easy. On this, on the on the body, it's average. Okay. Do you want to flip or anything? Yeah, I'm going to flip to uh, add, well, that'll add a green to my roll. Yep. He's not really sure what he's doing. He is kind of inventing which is something that he's used to doing so maybe a boost for being a like a uh adept inventor and having some knowledge of based on what this spirit has communicated towards him eh? uh add a boost for your inventor talent okay he's gonna take out his stone saw that he invented and created mm-hmm. and with the body laying on the ground, he takes the saw and cuts into the earth and cuts a an outline of the body and then cuts a line from the feet and cuts it about three feet uh, in a straight line and leaves the stone saw in the ground and clasps his hands around the saw and attempts to use alchemy and this cut he's made into the earth to transform this body back into earth and he has some sort of scholarly uh, mantras that he will repeat that don't have much to do specifically with with this magical situation but he's gonna insert some words into this mantra to help it succeed and to help his intent be done in this display of alchemy and he just says the words earth peace soil growth within his mantra and should i roll roll it what happens so with two successes and one threat his successes are that the line he cut begins to glow with a bright light and the earth opens in this cut that he's made and the body travels down into the earth and the soil travels over it and you can see that the body is kind of um, dissipating into dust into a natural soily rockiness and the ground closes over it and you can really hardly tell that this ever even happened in this vast 
swampy, grassy, mossy area. And I think if it's, I don't know if it's too much for two successes, but I think that some grass sort of starts to sprout over this silhouette that he's cut into the earth. And Caleb falls to his knees out of breath. He oh, takes his two strain plus one extra for the threat. Okay. Hynir walks up behind Caleb says, that was really weird. Yeah, that um, that was pretty weird. Um, thanks for actualizing what I was also feeling. Do we go back to the train? I mean, how can we go back when we have this interesting insight that we've just been given with the this this mud map? Come on, we gotta go. We gotta go check out this mud map. That lady did say that you had all the time in the world. I guess she knew we weren't going back to the train. I mean, I like the train, Heinier. It was comfy. Made the tea. You had the herring juice. I mean, I can. If you get on, we can get back there in a second. Well, maybe we can. Maybe we can go search out this map, but we can still get back there in a second. Eh, maybe. I can't get. I can't get us to the map. I haven't been there. No, but maybe once we get to the map, you can get us back to the train in a second, and we can still. Yeah, that's get true. To but I mean, I mean, here's the thing. What are your ties to this place in time? What are your ties to where we are in time? What do you mean? I mean, I, I, in the last month, I've traveled forward 30 years. I just thought that lady didn't know what she was talking about. Well, unless every person I've ever met is continuing to lie to me, and why would they do that? Then, you know... I have traveled through time, and you want me to come with you? Well, if if this crack were, say, a, a gateway back through the other place, would you want to come? Yeah, I honestly have nothing here. Okay. Uh, those Varger took me. I was traveling alone. I got kicked out of my pack. Too small. Well, you know, you're. In my eyes, you're you're a you're a fellow scientist. You're someone who's interested in discovering what's out there. What what else can we do with this life we've been given, and how can we help? I think we owe it to ourselves to follow this map, see where it leads, and keep following it. So let's do that. You know, if we've got a, a train to catch, we'll catch it. If we don't, we won't. And from my experience, there's always another train to catch. So let's follow this map. Let's do it. Lead the way. Will do. So he pulls out the book and opens it up to that page and takes a look mm -hmm. at it and takes a look around the surrounding area and looks for some landmarks and tries to follow the map. Since next week is our regularly scheduled episode week, we're just extending Other Place Month a little bit. The live play games will continue on our Discord, with the next games on Wednesday, October 27th at 8 Eastern, and Sunday, October 31st at 6 Eastern. Be sure to watch our Twitter for any updates or surprise games. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Other Place. Liking the show and want more? Be sure to leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts, and stop by our Twitter or Discord to say hello. The Other Place is a production of Nightcast Creative. Visit nightcastcreative.com to find out more about us and the podcasts we make.